0: Welcome to Fashion Your Seatbelt, your first-class seat to one-on-one conversations with the fashion industry's top voices. I'm Jessica Michaud, and I created this podcast to share the joy I have in getting to know all the amazing people who bring this creative, inventive, and extraordinary business to life. You'll get to hear the cadence of their voices, the sound of their laughter, and feel firsthand how passionate they are about what they do. But before we get this show on the road, I want to say a quick thank you to GPS Radar for making this episode possible. GPS Radar is a members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect. Also, I just want to remind you to leave a review. Stars are really trending right now, and it helps other very stylish listeners like yourself find the show. Now buckle up, and let's get started. my loyal listeners. Before we get started on my latest interview, I just wanted to invite you to find some time over the next couple of weeks to go back and listen to the interview I did with Gabriella Hurst. Her signature brand has come on like gangbusters since it launched three years ago, and her story is both fascinating and heartwarming. I promise you won't regret it. And I don't know what was in the water three years ago, but that was also when today's interviewee, Johnny Coca, stepped into the creative director role at Mulberry. Over that time, the buzz surrounding the Spanish-born Johnny's transformation of the iconic British house has gotten pretty loud. His innovative business strategy, his inventive and exuberant collections, and some seriously covetable bags and accessories have combined to create a phoenix-like rebirth of the brand that the industry, until Johnny's arrival, had pretty much given up on. Mulberry made the right call when they hired Johnny, and I'm guessing that decision was pretty much a no-brainer from the brand side, considering that Johnny had spent years working alongside Phoebe Philo at Celine, and was the head of the design studio when it came out with the brand's iconic trapeze bag. And before that, he was coming up with winning accessories for Marc Jacobs. Louis Vuitton. The man just knows how to make great accessories, and now is turning those design skills towards women's wear collections, all of which so far for Mulberry have gained warm reviews from top fashion critics. It was a real treat getting to know Johnny during our conversation. By the end of this interview, I was bowled over both by his warm and open nature and his bold, clear vision for the Mulberry brand. Johnny, really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me. It's a real pleasure to finally get to meet you.
1: Thank you. And you've been
0: telling me such amazing things about you. So,
1: I seem surprised.
0: surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, first, my first question is a style question. Tell me the, about the earrings. What's the story behind that? Because there's a story. Why do you with the two beautiful earrings that you're wearing? Oh,
1: I think it's a bit bizarre because it's kind of like feminine when you take earrings, but on some guys, you make. The face stronger mm-hmm. and more masculine, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like. And I think I love jewels too, mm-hmm. so yeah, I love it. I love jewels and the, and some like faces. Mm-hmm. I bring something special.
0: So did you start with one or did you go straight for straight a two? Straight at two. Oh my god, yeah, you yeah, just yeah. went full barrels, both yeah, barrels. Yeah.
1: I would love to have more. Uh huh. So let's see. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, I love it. It, it does suit you very well. <laughs> Thank you. Um. So I guess I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what made you because you've had a huge success behind the stage you know at Louis Vuitton and of course at Celine in the past when you decided to take up Mulberry which was in pretty bad shape let's be honest what made you decide okay this is my time to step out into the light first of all because you weren't a known quantity let's say within you know within the wider world of fashion yeah. and why Mulberry what were those what were those two thoughts about like what made you decide okay I'm going to go out there and then why this um, brand
1: I think in a way I was quite surprised when they called me mm. because I knew the brand but I never have like a very strong perception of the brand. I was trying to understand a bit more uh, where that brand comes from why that brand is so successful in uh, UK and uh, trying to understand what is around the brand. For sure it's like, a, it was, it's like a leather brand so it's one part of the main business they have and I know quite well uh, all these uh, product accessories and the uh, because I was on it for like more than 15 years. Uh, but I think I saw that brand has a very strong potential mm. because they are strong in the UK. And the reason why I accept because they have factories and for me it's really important mm. to control and to have your own uh, factories. That means you can develop, you can talk, you can follow... Uh, you design good relation with all these craft men's working for you in a way mm-hmm. and try to achieve and to have exactly what I was expecting you know sometimes when you work with suppliers you are not the one they work with so many other brands. Mm. But one is your factory that changes completely all the things. That means you can talk about pricing to improve how to make more efficient, more accessible, how to make try. You know, if you want to try the same bag with like seven or eight construction, there is no problem. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's like a, a, a plus and a value mm-hmm. uh, to have the control of uh, guarantee all the Rules you need inside and not outside. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, and the other thing is like trying to. They, I, I knew they have like a strong like um, knowledge in terms of craft because we come from 1971, uh-huh. and um, and they have 600 people. So that's mean a lot. And I don't know so many brands. They have these own factories, and. When I was in Céline, I was working with my factory. When I was in Louis Vuitton, I was working with my factory. So all the time I was working with factories was in the house and not out of the house. Uh-huh. So, and I said, okay, it's strong in the UK. Let's make the brand stronger and more international and growth uh, uh, as, in fact, there is a strong potential. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so so the real attraction was and not even the brand itself; it was the factory that you had that the factory side of it. I think that's a fantastic way and, to make that decision.
1: And after that, because I was all the time linked with the accessories, mm-hmm. and I was like super discreet on my design mm-hmm. because I was working all the time under people. I said, "Perhaps that is the moment I can have like a global, you know, control of everything. That means from the image, the advertising." The concept store, uh, the communication, the product, the consistency through all the categories, and try to bring something quite um, unique and meantime uh, global. Mm-hmm. So I think that was something quite really attract myself.
0: I'm curious about somebody who's been. Um designing accessories so there's a construction there's a way about that and then you're moving into the clothing into spreading out into other areas how, how have you extrapolated out from what you've learned in during those years designing accessories and coming out and creating this you know fully rounded
1: in a way you know is uh, working accessories is like from the shoes sunglasses hats uh jewels uh but the only thing need to be done to finish the silhouette is the ready to wear. Mm-hmm. So when you have all this element, you want to apply all that on something you have on your head as a vision. I started to sketch, I started to understand what type of silhouette I want to bring for Mulberry and I think it was quite like natural, you know, the design process still the design, you know? designing like furniture or designing like, like sunglasses or like sh- shoes, whatever, uh, or like a coat is all related to uh, the construction the material the proportion the volumes Mm -hmm. but it's the same on all the other things so design is more like a a a process on my head and it's not related to you know or you don't know Mm -hmm. so because I all the time made like design all the time with the same you know equal you know uh, timing I start with the leather goods after I've done like the shoes after I've done so as soon as it's like a category I control it I Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. because I think technique is really important for me Uh, I was never planning to be like the the best one from the beginning I think it's like I know really well now Mm -hmm. all the categories Mm -hmm. and I start to really know uh, Ready to now. Mm. So I think it's like a step by step you you grow, and I think it's really important for me to learn. Mm-hmm. So from the beginning when I started in Vuitton, I started to learn the leather goods, mm-hmm. how to make it. After I went, to, in the meantime I went to Bali. Mm-hmm. I, I learned it's true. How, Yeah, I I started to learn how to do shoes. You know, mm-hmm. they do like a, a massive quantity of shoes and it's a major business. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting for me to to go in each category and try to understand and to go to the suppliers and to understand the process and the technique. Uh And because I'm so linked with the technique and the process because I start my, I study like architecture and design. Uh So it's not like a fashion Uh school. And it's really funny because I finish, you know, working and... I was like teaching, like to the Summerson school, so it's really like the opposite. Mm-hmm. So I think it was like a, 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 a long process, and uh, it's not the fact as uh, I'm like a criteria for when I have like twenty five or twenty six years old. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, it was the moment mm-hmm. to be and to uh, to to bring all my knowledge and expertise, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so you finally decide to bite the bullet, as they say in English, and, yeah. and step out into the light and become the face of Mulberry, the designer yeah. of the Mulberry. How has that been for you, just as a as a person? That that no, you know, you used to be able to walk the streets, you know, um, you know, just like the rest of us, and 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 now you're a face and a name and a link to a brand, and you you represent it. How has that sh- been? That shift been for you?
1: Uh, I say super discreet in a way, <laughs> but uh, I think the. The pleasure I have today to be the face and to be known is to talk about my work. Hmm. I think the only pleasure I have is uh, you know I don't I don't care about so many things. But when people they start to ask me and to talk about a like, product and design, it's really important for me because they don't know everything behind the hmm. design. So I love to talk about material, I love to talk about colors, or references, or concept, or direction. So it's just to talking about like things I love my life is designing uh-huh. so to be the face to be honest is, uh, is not important because I'm not uh, perhaps I'm the face of the brand but it's not my brand uh-huh. I'm working to make success a brand I'm uh-huh. not working to be success uh-huh. I was, it's why it's like all the time I was really discreet uh-huh. I'm working for a brand and I want to make the branding success. Exists. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the, my priority is not me.
0: So then let's talk about that. So before you got there, the brand had been... Beaten pretty black and blue, you know. No designer, nonstop new designers and different techniques, and selling, you know, very high end or having the brand go very yeah. low end. So now you've been there since two years. Two years. Th- two yeah. years. So you, you know, you know, getting at you now the, the time it takes to actually do the production of your whole idea mm-hmm. into those. So it's very recent still, really. Yeah. Your vision of it. How are you communicating your vision? Are you using um, ambassadors of social media? Are you? What is your thought process as far as? getting your message across? What way, how do you want to go about that?
1: So, uh, in terms of um, communication, I think it's really linked, actually, uh, about the digital. Mm. And uh, because, first, how many, you know, platform and store is the Mm e-commerce. So we do more than actually more than 15% of our business is done by the e-commerce. So it's quite really important compared Mm -hmm. to other brands. So that means it's important to talk about all the categories from the shoe, jewelry, redwear, and other things. So I think it's like working on like advertising, imaging, Uh, it's a lot of use of visual for customers. Uh So there is like a big, big department of marketing, but marketing related to the business, mm-hmm. not like uh, driving the design at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's important to to use that platform of the digital and uh, the press to uh, bring and to put the brand more in the, let's say, to have like a stronger visibility.
0: Okay, so this brings me to this point of um, I saw the cover of Ode Magazine came out with Sharon Stone and the amazing, yeah. she's wearing the amazing Mulberry hat. Yeah. And then, what, like less than a month later, at in London Fashion Week, there it is, the hat that she wore in on the cover. Am I... Yeah. Am, yeah. So what was... Was it... How was... Are you doing... Is it a see now, buy now? Is it somehow... How did that I all said, happen?
1: So I would say it's like more like a consumer moment mm. is uh, to uh, deliver and to communicate and to push the collection when the collection is in store. Whatever. It's not because I'm doing that I'm not going to present the collection in advance for the press. We changed a bit the rule because, for the business-wise, um, is all related to the the, the best way to uh, to uh, to manage and to, to communicate on the on the collection. And we thought for us uh, related to our business and clients and the area we are in the collection, it was better to have like a stronger impact in one moment, and um, and making a show when the collection was installed and that was really funny because like after that uh, everything was delivered in store so for like three days everything was running to have a product (laughs) but it's really important for me the work of the press and the editorial so mm. it's why you know people they say oh I do it sooner by now everything should be like embargo blah 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 and they have to sign papers and it's kind of very complex for press mm-hmm. and I said it's not what I want to do I think like everybody have to do this own job you know I will not give frustration for the press and for myself I want to show them the collection in the meantime as the others mm-hmm. so and making the show for a second round but it's important to 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 present everything we do. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like each brand has to find its own, you know, way to uh, to communicate and to optimization of mm-hmm. uh, the the. Is related to money, related to the delivery, to, mm-hmm. is related to all the things you do, and you want to sell. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like trying to um, to respect because sometimes they after the show they call the store and we have this, the the product, but no, it's not. You have to wait like six months. That's quite frustrating. So I there is frustration. So um, in a way, you know, we try. We so the reaction now. was
0: really strong afterwards. So the f-
1: yeah, because we it was not only like a show. Mm-hmm. After we do, we made like a conference. it mm-hmm. was like a, introducing like new. Um, personalities, stylists, um, designers, Uh uh, photographers, all the public can discover the collection, you know, in the venue. Uh So I think it was like more like an experience moment Uh uh, than like just like a show.
0: Well, that's what it's all about. It's more about experience than anything else these days. That's what everybody seems to. Can you talk a little bit about your design process? I know that... For example like albert albaz used to tell me that he needed to have music when he was creating like that was very important to him and that he was very creative in the evening i remember him saying that to me i'm looking over at anya who's with us because yeah, yeah. she used to know she used to know albert so well she was with him all the time um i'm wondering what your creative process is like is there a certain time of the day or do you need to have the fabrics in your hand how do you work
1: the first moment driving my direction is uh, in the streets, I love to see the people walking so I can be seated in the terrace and to see people walking and with different like look, attitude, styles, mixed, you know. Last time, you know, when I made like the collect stripe uh, in London because I, I was walking the street to go to the office and I saw, like, a group of students with all these uniform. I said, oh, my God, they're all the same with the this stripe." Right? And I just turned, there is another group from mm-hmm. another school with another. I said, oh, my, it's, like, what's interesting? The universe
0: funny. is telling you that you yeah. have to do stripe.
1: <laughs> so, and after you, 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 sometimes it's just, like, you look around you, and especially because I'm not British, mm-hmm. every single, like, references give me something quite special in terms of, visual mm-hmm. so when I I went to the countryside and I stayed like a few days in a, in a hotel and everything was all over with flowers from the ceiling floor and the bed everything the lamp and I said oh yeah that's true really like flowers is really important in the UK you know mm-hmm. there is like the liberty there is all this culture of the mm-hmm. garden that's so true and I started to work with the flowers kind of all over with specific type of colors uh, they say you know when I go to the factory there is all the horses and, uh, in the land and uh, and it was like looking what's going on around and trying to create something and I just take the things I like and mm-hmm. just put like in a board and I start to think like a global story mm-hmm. and sometimes it's quite unexpected you can't imagine you can deal with this but after when you start to design and to make your story something happen
0: mm-hmm. and after
1: you work with the color palette so, I would say my, my inspiration is really like the street. And after, it's like going to the galleries, mm-hmm. listening to music. A lot of, of my design comes from when I take my shower the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can stay like 35 minutes or like 45 minutes under my shower. And I, because there is like, it's all white. Mm-hmm. So, there is anything disturbing my head and my eyes. And I can visualize anything. Hmm. So, it's quite, it's quite funny. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Okay, that's good to know. We'll talk about a, a little bit about your heritage. You're originally from Spain. Yeah. How do you incorporate your own heritage, who you are, where you've come from, into a brand that's so British?
1: I think Latin are really like they love happiness, they love family, they love go out, they love colors, they mm-hmm. love to do fiesta. Mm-hmm. So it's really like uh, 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 it's like all about passion, mm-hmm. and uh, we are super sensible. Mm-hmm and uh, I have like a lot of girls around me that mean like not especially in the office but my, I have two sisters I have my mother mm-hmm. so they love to be dressed they love colors they love to dance flamenco mm-hmm. and all that is like when people they say here in, in Lisbon oh my light my god the light is so beautiful because all the colors are more bright it's mm. why I'm working a lot of with colors because it's part of you know people they love to be tan and to be contrasted with colors and it, that brings like really like the happiness you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Uh, I'm quite a lot of in black but sometimes I love like fluo you know mm-hmm. pink and the yellow I can wear like any strong color and I think sometimes I'm like something very classic you just change the color and your product change completely like the identity mm-hmm. it make you happy and make you fun and you it make you like more more strong
0: Let's see. Um, tell me a little bit about the, your
1: decision to teach, because you
0: also said you teach yeah. at Central St. Martin. So what are you teaching? What do you want to get across to your students?
1: The way I, I started to teach is because when I was younger, I never expected my teacher was good. And I was like, and my best school and teacher was Louis Vuitton. It's very really funny. Hmm. And I really started to understand, probably professional talking to me. Mm-hmm. When you're in the school, all the teacher you have They're not professional. They pretend to be professional, but they never work on the market and the business. So when I was in Louis Vuitton, there was all these like, person with super, like, uh, strong, like, uh, history and heritage from the company from 20 years or more. They learn you everything, and they tell you exactly how to make something. Mm -hmm. And I said, to be honest, I would love to have, like, a day, a teacher... Who know the business? Who know how is we have to be realistic? A collection is not done in a year. Mm-hmm. You have like so many collection to design. So and I think it's, it's right to be It's important to be honest to, and to um, to be realistic with the with the student. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, let's let's work with the students. So they contact me and I said, okay, absolutely, yes. You know, it was not money. but mm-hmm. I was not paid. So I don't know what to pay. <laughs> I just do that because that made me pleased Mm
0: -hmm. and um and do you get something back from the students too does it help you as well
1: i think that helped me because they're more millennium they're more like different they come from so different countries Mm -hmm. especially in the St. martin school and i have done like the EFM too in paris for so many years and um and i think it's like when they start to talk about culture where they come from how they they perceive or how they project product or how to to uh, not trying to be someone, but trying to be yourself. So I was really here just to develop project and try to deal and to make sure they have to put on the table properly what they are mm-hmm. as a personality. So mm-hmm. that was my more important thing, Just to to um, take off and place your own, you know, identity mm-hmm. is why you are different.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so. What's uh, the next step for you now? What are you What are you looking for? What's your next big goal? I mean, is it um, bringing up the more sales for the ready-to-wear? Is it you know maybe extending the bag line? What it, no, What are your uh, What's your I looking to the future? I think it's to
1: extend uh, to make sure we extend the brand to be more international. Mm-hmm. This is for sure. The second point is each category needs need to have this own you know uh, uh, growth mm-hmm. and uh, and legitimacy mm-hmm. on the brand. So, yeah, it's like developing the ready-to-wear and to develop the, the shoes categories, the sunglasses and other categories and try to consolidate and develop a bit more the men's categories and let's see in the future. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think it's like trying to consolidate and to have like a... a um, let's say like a realistic uh, potential on uh, all these categories and not to be just not only for the leather goods. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to talk about lifestyle and to be...
0: Okay, I think that sounds like a good strategy to me. And so then how do you, is Mulberry for you, uh, where does it fall in the world of fashion? Is it very high, high, high? Or you want it to be something that people can feel I that think, they can connect with? I you think know that it's z- not.
1: we need to be accessible. hmm but you know, sometimes when people ask me, "So, what is your target?" I will say, to be honest, like for every single brand, product need to be accessible. You know, so whatever you do, you know, you know your customer, mm-hmm. and uh, there is a limit of, so you have to make sure you accessible
0: to the customer of that brand. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh,
1: so you still lack like, in a luxury uh, level because the way you do, we are factories. We are not making it outside. We really select, like, right basis, material, process, time. So we are in luxury, but I try to make sure I'm not designing for the window, but for people.
0: For the woman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, let me ask you the five generic fashion questions. You ready? Yeah. What is the one piece of clothing that you own that means the most to you, that you cherish the most? Biker. Your biker. Your perfecto jacket? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you've got a perfecto jacket. Yeah,
1: yeah I have a lot. And I want you have it. a lot? Yeah, but I have one It's completely fucked, but I love it. Yeah. So <laughs> Where did you get it? Huh? Uh, it was Celine.
0: Oh, yeah, when you were at Celine?
1: Yeah. Okay. I love it.
0: What is the one item of clothing or accessory um, that every woman should really invest money in? They might not have a lot of money, but if there's one thing that you're going to put that extra dollars in to buy, what would that piece be? A bag. A good bag.
1: The, the bag is still with you all from the morning to the night. And you put your life inside. So if you don't have your bag, you are lost.
0: That's absolutely true. I agree with you 100%. Um, Next question. What is the one fashion trend that you will never follow?
1: I will say um, I design product for everybody. I will never design something for a very specific type of people.
0: Hmm. Okay. All right that's an interesting answer I like that who's your favorite designer living or dead
1: Alexander McQueen
0: <sighs> good call he's amazing yeah. what is it about Alexander that you love
1: I, I love the person
0: mm-hmm.
1: I love the way he never made any compromise mm-hmm. uh, he had this kind of re- revolution in the way he passed message through the collection and um, he made like an spectacular silhouette Show uh, pictures
0: yeah yeah there wasn't that, there wasn't anything about Lee that wasn't spectacular I don't think everything about him was spectacular in one way or everything another
1: was unique in a way yeah. unexpected
0: yeah absolutely um, and then the final question is um, what do you love most about fashion
1: the relation I have with the people I'm working
0: hmm.
1: I love to work with my team and designers and I love to work with people around me. To make not mean success, but to make success what we do. And you can't do anything alone. So the success is part of like a team. So, and I love to take my time with them. Mm. I love to have like a drink with them. I love to pass time until like midnight. So, yeah, it's what I like.
0: That's such a wonderful answer, Johnny. Thank you so much for thank taking you. the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you.
0: Don't want to miss an episode of Fashion Your Seatbelt? no problem. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and click on the subscribe button. Then every new episode will drop into your feed automatically. No fuss, no muss. Fashion Your Seatbelt is made possible thanks to the wonderful people at Launchmetrics, the software company that is powering the fashion industry, and GPS Radar, the members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect in style. I am a member of GPS Radar, and I can tell you, as a journalist, it has made my work-life run much better smoothie. Believe me I know. I'm Jessica Misho.